Hey, welcome everybody to another What's the Plan, Monterey County. I'm here with the beloved Dan and Mark. As always, I'm Paul, your faithful host uh, with the co-host, Dan and Mark. And uh, on this program, we hope to at least make an attempt to answer the question, What's the Plan, Monterey County? every week and you can go to what's the plan monterey.com to find out more and listen to our old programs or listen to this week's program and of course itunes spotify and uh, all the other podcast platforms welcome to the show mark and dan hey and nice to be here paul good to be yeah and hey, mark, paul, thanks very much mark uh the ever civic minded uh person is headed to do some uh, some great work so tell us what you're what you're getting ready for mark and uh, what you'll be doing tonight well, so, and I can mention the call letters since this is a podcast. Um, uh, KMBY Radio is broadcasting live from the tree lighting ceremony on the lawn in front of City Hall in Monterey. And uh, one of the things I do is I take care of their, their technical operations for KMBY. And somebody who knows what they're doing has to go down there and set up the live broadcast shot for them so that... Um, the Monterey Peninsula's most popular disc jockey can do his show today from three to six. And that would be the uh, the beloved David Marzetti. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. We love Dave. Wow. Hey, you're hanging out with the big guys. Yeah. And Mark, yeah. although yeah. this podcast drops at 1030 a.m. on Saturdays, this will have happened last night uh, and you're going to miss it. But even though you're going to miss it. Yeah. Mark, tell us about yeah. uh, some of the the local celebrities that will be at the tree lighting. I think uh, Jimmy Panetta made it one year, but who's going to be there this year? Um, let's see. It'll be December 1st, or it was December 1st from 3 to 6. Uh, just the mayor and the city council, and I don't know if uh, you can consider them celebrities or what have you. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they'll be the electeds will all be there. Well, that's, that's about, you know, in about 5,000 people. It draws a lot of people. Well, will Dave be singing? And, uh, will Dave be singing? Or no, he's like... he's the master of ceremonies. I guess he he introduces everybody, and uh, he's also doing his his show from three to six p.m. So, I believe the the entirety of the uh, tree lighting is going to be live on the radio. So, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I... imagine that when they yeah, say, you're... you know. Yeah. And the lights are coming on, and you just <laughs> look real hard at your radio. And Marzetti's actually in his bathrobe in his living room and not even at the place. But you, know. well, if you did your date. Guys, guys, that reminds me of something. The other night, I was listening to a college basketball game on a Bay Area radio station. And I was listening on the online app. And I noticed, you know, I heard A murmur. And as I listened closely to it and a little closer with a little more attention, one I, I started noticing, wait a minute, I don't hear any crowd reaction like when a player sinks a three-point <laughs> shot or somebody blocks a shot. And I'm not hearing the air horn, you know, that they that they fire off when um you know when it's the end of the And so the more I listened to it, I got the distinct impression, hey, wait a minute, 
I'm listening to a guy who's watching the monitor. Yeah. He is he's he's watching a video monitor wherever he is. He's not at the gymnasium calling the game in person. They're having him you know do the broadcast with a sound effects track and not a very good one under his voice. And so I thought, well, that's interesting because it's yet another example of um, of, of budget cuts where um, a school doesn't want to send an announcer on the road with the team. And since the game's on television or on the Internet, they tell them, well, just sit in the studio at the school and play the sound effects and call the game from the video monitor. You know, well, and I think we're going to see we're going to see more of that. Well, I think yeah. so, because it's kind of like the Peyton and Eli Manning model where they watch a, a game yeah. and you just simulcast them on YouTube or wherever they're at watching the ESPN game. But, Mark, we buried the lead. Speaking of charlatans um, calling and producing um, local sporting events. Last week, you produced the Palma Alisal game and, and very prescient in your uh, your I think you forecast that Palma might win this game. And they did. They did. Yeah, can you tell about that? How was that experience producing that? Was it pretty fun? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a good game. Uh, Alisal was pretty competitive, you know, because Alisal has – no one would ever mistake the Alisal Trojans for a traditional football power. Um, quite honestly, for decades, they've been a bottom feeder. And yeah, you, they've you been know, really good to, at other I, sports. I interject on that. I talked to a good friend, uh, my good friend Mark, and he was t he's got a long history in Salinas. And he mentioned about that. He thinks that the reason that is is not because of an You're still there. I lost you. Oh, you can okay. hear me. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, I think can hear you. Go ahead. Yeah, he doesn't think it's because of enrollment because Alisal has a huge enrollment. He thinks it's because their historically Hispanic um, uh, makeup of their population. They prefer uh, soccer or, or you know what the world calls football over football, and they just don't get a lot of kids playing football. They get they're they're mostly interested in soccer, and they. And Alisal dominates it, like um, cross country running as well. But uh, and he, yeah. he said that goes back. But it's it's great that it sounds like they're developing a football program now. Well, it would be but, great and to have them play. Oh, Pacific Grove! They destroyed Pacific Grove. What? <laughs> 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 uh, go ahead. Well, Mark. they're. I'm. They've been very good. Yes, in in uh, boys and girls soccer over the years, and they've also been very good in boys basketball. In fact. The gymnasium there is nicknamed the House of Pain because they have been so dominant at home. And year in and year out, Alisal is one of the top basketball schools. You know, and they, they have a relatively new coach. Um, and his son is the quarterback on the team. And he's a pretty good coach. And he's got the, he's got the program turned in the right direction. Now, Palma, uh, tomorrow or tonight, I should say. Well, we're recording this on Friday, so I say tomorrow night. I mean Saturday. But if you're listening to this on Saturday, the state regional game therein is Saturday night, December 2nd, 6 p.m. in Houston at Houston High School, which is about maybe 15, 20 miles east of Modesto in Stanislaw County. And we were looking at broadcasting that game live on KMBY until 
we heard from the the CIF, which is the the sanctioning body for the games, and they own the broadcast rights. And they told us, well, yes, you can broadcast the game, but uh, the the broadcast rights are one thousand oh, dollars. And we and we said, well, being that the you know the the grand total of uh, income that the radio station and the guy that produces the games, you know, all the money, all the revenue from those games is less than like 400 bucks. Uh, no, I don't think we're going to go in the whole 600 bucks to carry this. So folks are going to be on their own uh, Saturday night. And by the way, Paul, uh, if a thousand dollars for radio makes you blink, if, if you were like channel eight or channel 46 and you wanted to broadcast the game on TV, they want 2,500. Yeah. Wow. Now, go out and, and go out and try and sell in a week $2,500 worth of sponsorship just to cover that. And that doesn't even you know, cover the production cost. You know, you've got to get a crew up there and a truck. And, I mean, you'd really be deep into it um, I mean, for something I like that. I don't know 2,500 so. people would watch the game on on a broadcast i mean obviously in person there's probably a lot of people no. but that's crazy well i, I think they're yeah and, and you know here's the other thing too it's yeah. a bad night for it because for football fans and you know you might get 2500 people but um you know i believe i think it's the sec championship is is tomorrow night at six o'clock or five o'clock i mean this weekend is championship weekend for all the major college leagues. So that's where the eyeballs are on Saturday night. People are going to be watching the Pac-12 championship or the SEC or the Big 12 or what have you. Uh, they're not going to be watching a high school football game. Hey, Mark, uh, I love it. I, and, and as part of uh, my ongoing series of uh, Better Know California Geography, I Googled uh, things that are 20 miles from Modesto. And you've got <laughs> east of Modesto, you have the Modesto River. Uh, you have Merced River Resort is southeast. Uh, Delhi, California is southeast of Modesto. And of course, my favorite place, Turtle Beach RV Resort, is 20 miles northwest of Modesto. Wow. So, and Lathrop, too. So you got Lathrop. Uh, so well, there you go. All Why would you not Modesto. want to go to Modesto for your yearly vacation? Mm -hmm. So... So when you guys are visiting uh, the Turtle Bay or Turtle Beach RV Resort, I don't know where Turtle Beach is or what it must. There must be a reservoir or something that Turtle Beach is. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say it's not, a, not an ocean beach. <laughs> so so Modesto, I, I don't know. I have fun with Google. I don't know a lot about uh, the Central Valley. I've driven through it a lot. It's hot in the summer. <laughs> And, it, and it's beautiful. Like when you go to places uh, like Visalia, you're really close to uh, Kings Canyon and uh, Sequoia National for, uh, you know, National Park. And, and those places are, are just glorious. So, so yeah. And Visalia, outside of being really hot, is actually, to me, a really nice place. It is very nice. Yeah. Even, you know, uh, Fresno gets a bad rep as well. But I I, I have a soft spot for Fresno. And um <laughs> <laughs> looking more and more like a, a smaller version of los angeles a lot of yeah uh, 106 degree heat when i was yeah. over there a lot of uh homeless and in the industrial areas and stuff it's, it's i'm not uh, i'm not so negative on president and i went to lodi and i know john oh. Fulton, he didn't have a lot to say about it 
but we went to Lodi and it actually is very nice. They have a nice little uh, lake there as well. So uh, <laughs> just some loving words for the Central Valley uh, before we come back to the coastal regions. Uh, I, I, what's so are you, are you going for the Nat uh, statewide Chamber of Commerce uh, position there, Paul? Is that I think so. Uh, we all uh, are in agreement that Gavin Newsom is is absolutely horrible at his job, and he he would be better as Kristen Bale's double in the movie Psycho. <laughs> than he would be as a governor, but right. that's my personal opinion. All, all that I can say is when I look at the man, every time I look at him, I, and you might be too young for this, Paul, but. The old brill cream ads, you know. Oh. It's, well, have it's, you oh. looked at that hair? I encourage I encourage yeah. listeners to Google Christian Bale in American Psycho. And, uh -huh. I, and he's a murderous psychotic in, in the movie. Yeah, sure. Wow. He looks exactly like Gavin Newsom. I mean, not not kind of like him, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, putting that aside. Okay. I think I'd rather have Christian Bale as president does, but that's all another thing. Well, this just came out. And hey, I Paul. Know, because on November 7th, Mark, this just came out. And I don't know why it just came out now, but on November 7th, 87% of the 71 members of the Monterey Firefighters Association, Local 3707, took a vote of no confidence uh, for Monterey Fire Chief uh, Godens Panholzer. Chief, right? Yeah, Chief Panholzer. So uh, what do you know about Panholzer? And I know Monterey Fire also presides over Pacific Grove as well. Yeah contractual deal yeah. so what do you what do you, you know, know about the guy and I, why do you think they did this not a lot i mean fire departments for the most part are pretty un pretty non-controversial i mean most of us because i you know when, when most people have positive interactions with a fire mark cut out there your cats up the tree or something like that but um it's not like the community relationship with the police department where there's just a lot more stuff out there. You know, firefighters don't have the same contact with the public that police officers do. So, you know, quite frankly, um, I'm not, and I, I think I'd be the same way if it was the POA uh, giving a no vote of confidence in their, in their police chief. Um, I'd want to know more about both sides of the issue before I'd, I'd come down on either side or, you know, agree that there's some sort of a problem, you know, cause it's just, it's just on the face of it, just on the face of it. I just have to say, well, you know, what does the chief have to say? You know, what's his side of the story? So. So yeah. knowing him, him a little bit, um, you know, cause I was on the city council in Pacific Grove and, he was the fire chief for all intents and purposes. So he's the Monterey fire chief. They have the contract to provide at an exorbitant amount of money, uh, the services to Pacific Grove. Uh, he's always very open, straightforward, and everything else with me, which you don't always find uh, in administrators, especially in Pacific Grove. And um, yes. so I like that bit about him. But something happened, what was it, maybe a year ago, that he was basically let go. And then he came back like a month or two later. And that was kind of, that just doesn't happen. You know, just go, you're out of here. We've had enough of you kind of attitude. No explanation why he was out of there. And then like a month or two later, he's back. And now this, yeah. um, you know, there's so many reasons. I think, um, I, you know, it happens a lot with cops, with chiefs, a lot. And usually it's because 
and I'm not saying that's in the fire situation, but this usually what this is, is they don't like something very specific that he's doing that we as the public might like. Like he might be saying to them, look, guys, you're not going to get a big raise like everybody else is getting a big raise. Everybody can't afford it. And we're going to lose contracts with Pacific Grove and the airport, you know, or whatever he's saying. Well, they don't want to well, hear that. Well, like, Dan, you, you, you actually are you're very pressing on that because they are in the middle of their old contract expired in June and they're in the middle of binding arbitration right. uh, negotiations that, uh, for next month in December. And what's interesting about that, I think, and Mark, uh, you, you may agree, Dan and Mark, you may both agree, but if you go to Transparent California and you look <laughs> at what the Monterey Fire Department and their leaders make, the fact that they would want more money it seems absurd to me. But I I don't know what uh, firemen yeah. should make, but the, it is it's well, a lot. Scheduling, I think, I think I, in the neighborhood of like $400,000, some of them are paid at the top. Yeah. And it's absolutely insane because, as I used to say in public many times when you'd be talking about the fire contracts and their salaries, it used to be we had in Pacific Grove, it was an all volunteer fire department. Literally, all everybody was volunteers. They had a horn on top of the fire department. And if there was a fire or some call, they'd do a uh, kind of like a what semaphore or whatever, you know, different blasts for where it was. You get to the neighborhood, and if there's a fire, obviously you see the fire. You know, if there's some calamity, you figure it out. And it was never a really big problem. And but then slowly but surely, the volunteers wanted to get paid. And by the time most of those early volunteers retired, uh, they were sucking up some pretty large money. Yeah, he he. Currently, as I used so to say, you got to realize we're not in Detroit. You're not going up in you know inside burning warehouses and skyscrapers and stuff. I At just want to say what they do is get in a, on a ladder and you know ladder truck top and pour water on a, a tall building. That's about the biggest danger yeah. they're going to face. In and to your world. point, I mean it it is a very notable profession, and they do deserve to be compensated, but. His in the last year noted on Transparent California in 2022, panholes were made 200 nearly $225,000 in regular pay. And when you consider compensation and benefits, that's $375,000 per year. And uh, there are, you know, many people on the Monterey Fire Department that are similarly compensated, particularly with overtime. Uh, Mark, well, and the retirement is nuts. And it's based on like their last three years. We got a guy that that's, uh, I think, he just retired from the police department. The past three years, he was doing overtime, and he was yeah. doing. He was the highest paid person in the city. He was making like <laughs> three hundred grand. So if he was getting the old three percent at at uh, fifty stuff, he's he's making a couple hundred grand, more than a couple hundred grand a year. It's if for having been a cop in Pacific Grove, for God's sake. Uh, Mark, you were saying something. Oh no, I was. Well, I was just going to say that. Uh, <laughs> The clock on the wall says I have to leave, so I'm going to have to jump off here and miss the rest wow. of the show. But I'll, like everybody else, I'll be listening to it uh, on the podcast on Saturday morning. Well, I well, thank you, Mark, and you will be missed. And uh, you didn't get to express how you feel about the compensation of Monterey's fire best, but uh, anyway, they make we'll a lot. Follow of it up next time. Say hi to Dave uh, for for me. We'll do. We'll do. Have a good show, hey, guys. Thanks. Take care.
Dan, now I know you probably want to uh, talk a little bit about lax enforcement of uh, the pickleball rules. I, I, do you want to talk about that or something else? Yeah, you know what? I, I think uh, not to give her any airtime, and I'm sure she's listening. Um, One of our most adamant listeners. After, yes, you don't yeah, need a name. name this. I, I actually, all I, have I really to say enjoy is, her comments. I really do enjoy her comments. So go yeah, ahead. Well, enjoy them uh, as long as they're correct. And see, here's the problem. And this is so often happens. It's happened not to blow it up uh, a lot because it's certainly not even close to be on the level. But this is happening right now in the Middle East where, oh, that didn't happen. They didn't do that to babies. They didn't do this and that. Why were you there? Did you see that? Or do you just not want to trust the Israelis and the Jews that, you know, were slaughtered and watched their families slaughtered, heads blown off, babies put in microwaves? That stuff happened. And so all these stupid student groups that put on their little masks, like we still got COVID, so they got an excuse to do it, uh, just run around yelling crazy, nasty stuff that if it was done by white people during the George Floyd stuff, they'd all be locked up. All those people on January 6th in Washington that were all locked up. These people are treasonous as far as I'm concerned, ill-informed, ill-advised. And I'll tell you what, if I was a college president, your ass would be out of the school for having anti-Semitic views. Well, you know, I, this stuff had, and I've said this before, this stuff has to stop. This hatred that's basically fueled by social media. We've got a half a dozen clowns in Pacific Grove might even top out at 10. They get on uh, next door and just spew vile stuff, almost all of which is untrue, which brings us back to how this started. So we're talking about sports centers and pickleball and this and that last week. And Paul gets an email because it goes, stuff goes to Paul because uh, people can find his email and, uh, and said all sorts of things about correcting Dan Miller. In what what were there, Paul? Maybe three, four paragraphs. And those three or four paragraphs, there were like like how I gave you time to answer. Uh, in those three or four paragraphs, there were five absolutely huge erroneous mistakes as to saying what I had said or saying, get this. So this pickleball proponent that's taking me to task because I say I don't think pickleball should be in residential areas. Mm -hmm. said, and now we can't even play on the Pacific Grove courts on Tuesday, on Monday and Wednesday because the school district is using it for lessons. Well, Christy, it's Tuesday and Thursday. So if you can't get the days that you can play over there correct, why should anybody believe a single other thing that you're spewing on next door constantly using my name as like some antichrist because we in our neighborhood would like it quiet seven days a week, just like it is in all the other neighborhoods, including all the neighborhoods that said they didn't want a skateboard park because it was noisy. And trust me, skateboard parks aren't as noisy as pickleball. And the city council said, yeah, it's noisy. We're not going to let you have it in those neighborhoods. <laughs> now I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> that was awesome. I love it. Hey, I want to ask you, uh, Dan, who do you think? Is uh, if you could name the, I'm because I'm playing around on uh, Transparent California. Who do you think the highest, say, four 
paid for top five. I'll do five paid people in uh, Pacific Grove are. And how much? Well, I know almost every year. Um, the gentleman I said that just retired. I'm not saying he's a bad employee, and they understand that, or that he didn't deserve what he get got. It was poor planning by chiefs, poor scheduling and stuff, giving people overtime that shouldn't be getting overtime. Who was uh, that? But. Uh, it was a sergeant in the police department has been number one for many years. Uh, makes more money than the city manager, the police chief. I mean, it's nuts. Right. And so it's him. I, I believe it's actually a couple cops were number one and two, depending on what year you're looking at. The latest year that was supposed to be submitted a year ago hasn't been, uh, mm -hmm. which somebody needs to ask the HR person why not. But um, it was, yeah, Jeffrey uh jeffrey fenton i think is the that's jeffrey fenton and he, and he just retired very young man i think about 55 or so and he retired at 90 percent of his highest pay must be nice you know but it happens and my brother did too you know and and he was in law enforcement very well compensated so not going to hide anything but even he says that he thinks my brother says that he thinks that calpers is uh it cannot be sustained as it is now. And he says there needs to be a cap. This idea that, you know, people can only get by on a quarter million a year is kind of ridiculous. Um, so, uh, and all of us pay. See, every time there's a raise, people don't understand. So uh, the, the mayor recently, when there were raises, said, well, you know, all our employees, uh, they have more costs and, you know, they're having to pay more money for eggs. And, you know, he didn't say that, but, you know, basically that was the gist of it without saying all the rest of us do. And now all the rest of us have to pay more in taxes and it comes out of our pockets and our budgets. And we're not necessarily getting those raises in order that all the city employees, county employees, everybody else gets their seemingly annual raise of 3% in pay. They can still get a, a step raise. And when the, the previous city manager, when people got to this top of their step raises, he changed their job designation so they could get raises. I mean, literally did that. That's how we ended up with an assistant city manager and a deputy city manager that weren't qualified to step in when he um, and actually do the job correctly uh, when the previous city manager was showing the door. So it's. It's just this mentality of there's something, we call it a staffocracy, a lot of us in, in town, where the staff decides what happens. The council, uh, except for two people on it, go along with it. Uh, it's just like this idiotic temporary skateboard park they're putting behind the fire department. Now, remember, the fire department guys, I believe they're still on 24-hour schedules. And so they sleep at the fire department. Now they're going to have a temporary skateboard park in back of there where they sleep with ramps and everything else. And I believe the only two that voted against it, because it's a temporary thing, mind you, let's see if it makes noise, um, were uh, Mayor Peak and Luke Coletti. And it's just, it's just unconscionable. Uh, that we got some clowns on the council and some of it, Debbie Beck usually is really good. She had her reasons for that. Lori McDonald's become a little bit of a disappointment and Chaps Paduri and Joe Emilio are useless, you know, and I, and I hold no punches and I will say it in front of their faces. 
What, basically what is crazy? You know what is crazy about uh, you know? I'm going to take a more global view of of all of this. Um, Dan is is that I went to uh, Salinas in 2022, and and I'm not you know this is in no way impugning these people's like contributions to society and and like what they do because that's that's really not the point of this. But in Salinas, with if you include other compensations and overtime. They're like, I'm, I'm scrolling down the list and there must be 40 people that make over $200,000 a year. And they're primarily, it's like, it's, you know, it, you might get a the library service director, a, a, occasionally someone like that will make the list, but it's primarily police officers and, and firefighters. And it's, it's amazing that you can make more than like a general practitioner does as a, as like oh, yeah. a doctor as a firefighter and and a police officer these are insane careers to have because i i cannot i'm just flabbergasted by yeah. how many firemen and policemen make like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year in a place like salinas isn't that well is, remember you, though you know not too long ago one of them got got killed one of the cops got killed over there absolutely salinas i'm not i'm not saying that it's not a dangerous job oh, yeah. it's not great that they're doing everything that they do every day it's just that is a lot of money. That is. Yeah, it is. But and also your retirement. See, people, they just go, well, you know, this, that, the other thing. Their retirement goes on forever. Yeah, yeah, they, they typically retire young. That recently died when he was like 100. I mean, literally 100. Now, he wasn't getting the huge bucks because he obviously was police chief a long time ago. He was a good guy, you know, did his job well. But you've kind of looked at the whole picture. This is a lifetime thing. And since they were uh, now it's been clamped down on, you know, there's the new hires get a different deal than the, the uh, you know, previous people. Yeah. But there's a lot of people now retiring at 50 years old, 51, 52, after 30 years as a cop, and they get 90% of their highest pay benefits, raises every, you know, cost of living raises and, and everything else. And it hurts Everybody. Everything else. I could say it about the U.S. military too, which I am. I'm a military retiree, so I I agree with all of it. I'm kind but of see, like don't, you know what, don't Paul, hate them, but join them kind of situation. It's like maybe I should have been a firefighter or something. But well, it, now that you know, sure. But that's yeah. not how it was when I. Yeah, they probably didn't compensate. weren't compensated like that when you. You don't get paid there. for it. Yeah, okay, but I want to do it for my community. You, you know, know who I'd like what to it was back to? then. You know? you know who I'd like to talk to. We should get. Um, it would bore the hell out of everybody. But David Henderson, I want to get because he's the economist that worked for Ronald Reagan. Right. I'd like to have him talk about modern monetary theory. And modern monetary theory essentially says that you should be able to pay these people a ton of money because you can print money. Like basically, yeah. you can print as much money as you want as long as inflation isn't high. And then once inflation goes high, then you have to do things to lower inflation like you restrict. Yeah. The amount of anyway, money. and the figures I saw the other day were within I think it's two years we'll be paying six hundred billion a year in just on interest on our debt. But it might not matter. The thing it's, is, like, yeah, but I, you can't just keep it. You know, it catches up to you sooner or later. It's like Germany after World War II. Well, it's interesting. To, it's interesting that uh, 
Dan, because I read you took a wheelbarrow full of money or you, you know, you and I are, you know, going in with a million dollar note in order to buy it's different. It's different than what you're saying. So so states do have to balance their budget. So modern monetary theory doesn't really apply to the states or possibly it does because the federal government gives the states money. But it mainly applies to the federal government because they can do whatever the hell they want as long as the currency doesn't. Well, and, and they are doing it, you know. And you see what gold was giant experiment. They're doing a giant experiment right now with this modern monetary theory thing, where they really believe you can print as much money as you want as long as inflation isn't high. And then when inflation goes up, you stop spending the money, right? And then inflation will bring it back down to the point. So basically, the theory in in theory, if it was true, they don't even need to collect taxes because. You could basically fund yeah. the money on printed money exactly. and everybody would pay through it. They would pay their taxes in effect through through inflation. It's a bizarre see, theory. I don't think it's true, but we're actually doing this giant experiment in America. And I'm not tinfoil hat. I want to learn more about it from. Uh, no, and we're going to hit the wall, my friend. And you, do you see where gold is today? Uh, it's Two, probably high. $2,090 an ounce. Mm. We are sounding you know, like people are going to start getting love for right their freaking wedding bands. You know, <laughs> it's like you got to sit there and say, why does it get there? And why it gets there is because people no longer have trust in in the other means of money, even freaking bitcoins at almost 40 grand again. Oh my I God. mean, which that's anybody crazy. out there that's even considering uh, investing in Bitcoin, mm-hmm. please be able to explain what Bitcoin is and how all that is, the intricacies of it, before right. you even invest in it or even think of it. Because well, sadly, Dogecoin, Dogecoin is not back up to where it was started at. It's you know, it's no, and but uh, what is it, Ethereum or whatever it is, that's up there. It's just the whole thing's absurd, and you're getting the guys involved in this. I mean, look at the the the. Dude, back in that was in the Bahamas. Now he's going to be in prison the next thirty years, probably. They just got the guy with Coinbase. The, the guys that were the meat of this industry are getting convicted of multiple felons. What does that tell you? You know, well, it is, it's an interesting world. It's an interesting. We have yeah, Bitcoin's about forty thousand, Ethereum's a couple thousand. It's amazing. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Last don't place know in the world I put my money, I'd buy jugs of water and wheat and put it in my garage before speaking, I okay. Do last that. thing, uh, Dan, because we, we can go. Uh, I think we've wandered far away from PG and Salinas uh, employee compensations. But have you seen this? Is kind of amazing. The lab grown diamonds, which are like better than actual yeah. natural diamonds because they grow them in a yep. lab. They actually have to write on the diamond that it was grown in a lab by law. It's probably De Beers Corporation or something making them do that. But they're, they're something like a half or a quarter of the price for like a two yeah. or three carat diamond. They're like half or a quarter of the price of the ones that they find on the beach in, in, you know, in sub-Saharan Africa. I, it, it all comes down to pe- people's mindset and what they value they want to put on things. You know, people might go, oh, that's cooler than one that comes out of the ground. You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. that's Keep like gold. Going. You know, what makes gold, you know? worth more money you know i mean it's now it's what a uh, uh, hundred times more valuable than silver I mean, that, for, that is true because what is gold but a but a, a semi-soft metal that's kind of rare that you can make a couple things out of that doesn't corrode yeah but it's, it's really kind of rare you know and it can make pretty pretty things and and coins gold coins are some of the most 
to me, you know, if they're done right and graved right and everything, because some countries don't, but uh, are some of the most beautiful things to just hold, you know, the, the old $20 gold pieces and stuff are just absolutely magnificent. But the concept that you're paying thousands of dollars for one ounce of gold is be, beyond me. And, you know, good luck when you, uh, as they say, yeah, so you have a real bad calamity, the banks break down and you're going to and you don't think it's going to be so bad that when you walk up to somebody and say, hey, I got this ounce of gold, I'll trade you for some food that they're not just going to shoot you and take it. You know, it's like, you know, it's it's just, you know, you got to have little gold pieces. So but, I um, did, I did, I don't know about, uh, gold prices are fairly static, but I looked at lab-grown diamonds. And for comparison, a two-carat lab-grown diamond that you would want to uh, buy for your uh, your lovely bride, your your uh, next wife, Dan, yeah. uh, you, you can spend 3300 for that. Or if you buy a natural one, it can range anywhere from about 9000 to $50,000. So you can get, a, you know, up to, well, who knows? You know, ninety percent discount somewhere between a uh, you know a thirty or a sixty percent ninety percent discount on uh, lab grown diamonds. So I'm going to wow. go with that if I. Yeah, if the I last one I bought in the platinum setting probably is in a pawn shop somewhere now. So in Reseda, but yeah. uh... <laughs> probably not Reseda, but but no, locally. But the... <laughs> it's in a pawn shop. I you know all pawn shops should be in Reseda because it just sounds funny. But um, have you yeah, been to Reseda? I've never been to Reseda. It's in so it's in, years uh, ago. I went to Reseda. It was a, a business thing, and it's like, well, let's find a hotel in Reseda. There were literally at that time, and I'm talking almost fifty years ago now. There literally was not a hotel or motel in Reseda. It was like just industrial as industrial can be. You want a warehouse? We got a warehouse. You want a storage place? You can find a storage. But hotels or motels, it was the strangest experience driving. Where the hell? Oh no, we don't have any in town. <laughs> really? That is yeah. Well, I found out. I was looking. Um, there are about twenty pawn shops in Reseda. It looks like so. I did some really work. well. Reseda fifty years later, I'm sure, is entirely different. I would imagine they have some hotels. I think it's hotels. turning though. Isn't that like Van Nuys and uh, yeah? It's like it's they. It's kind of like Pomona. You know, it's kind of yeah. just you know you're around the outskirts. You're that proverbial bedroom community. Near, so. Oh, yeah. It's uh, near like Simi Valley and stuff. I think it's just off of, yeah, in Glendale and that stuff. I'm yeah, looking. So that but, everybody knows, because I know we got to wind this up because I've got to do the daddy taxi thing. But um, if you haven't been down to the library, go down uh, in Pacific Grove, go down and look at the vacant lot because it's a sight to behold considering what used to be there, what it looked like, what the new place hotel is going to look like. Who knows? But I've seen the renderings. We'll see if it looks like that. But just seeing that place as a vacant lot again, I told some people that I, I'd love to see it as uh, as a park. But uh, we all know that's not happening. The, Actually, you know, you've, it's funny. I'll do I'll do one last one for you too. Is like, have you you've been to the Monarch Pub? I presume, right? Oh yeah, I know. I've been there with you. I've been there with you. <laughs> so what am I talking about? Uh, in the bathroom or near the bathroom? Maybe it's outside the bathroom. I can't remember exactly where it's at. There's a photo of Pacific Grove from like the late 1800s or the early 1900s. And there's a completely, there's a huge park in the middle of town that where there's now. Yeah, a building. yeah. No, it's entirely different. Yeah. And I, and I always like, I look at that picture and I think, why didn't they preserve that park? Because I think what went there, 
I forget it was is it where the gas station went? It was it was either that block or the next block. Well, yeah. it the Holman was. No, it's it's definitely evolved. And that's the thing. You know, everybody says, Oh, you don't want change. No, we want just want incremental change. We don't want, you know, huge let's become San Jose change. You know, I, I would like to talk about housing uh this week, uh, Dan, but I do I will go out and say I do agree with you that we should have local control for all this. It should not be imposed on it. Because yeah. in the sake, like for Carmel by the Sea, them trying to shoehorn in three hundred and some odd residences in that town—it's that's absurd. Yeah, because because you have a bunch of legislators that don't live here that that want all of us to live like they have to in Fremont or Lodi or wherever. Well, and it's and like no, let us live you. like we want to live and make our own decisions. You you shouldn't be making them for us. Well, then the and. The, and in defense of other places, like there is really nothing wrong with like if Marina, for example, or Seaside or Sand City or whoever wanted to put up 10 or 15 story buildings. Knock yourself with, out. Yeah, with split use, it could turn out to be a very delightful place because they would have all sorts of thriving businesses and it would be a great place to go at night, go out to eat and to be close to the ocean. You could probably walk yep. to the ocean like Ventura and stuff. So there's a there's a case to be made that if locally they want to do that and build themselves 15 story apartments and have mass transit and stuff and really get that density up like the, the guys from uh, Landwatch talk about, they should be able to do it. But right now, I'd, I don't know with CEQA and, and all that stuff that we would be able to even. Yeah, well, CEQA might be going away next election. election. We'll see how that goes. But mm -hmm. any last word, Dan, before we go? Nope. Just everybody take care. Have a wonderful holiday season. We will be back. We're not going away for the holidays as far as I'm concerned. But uh, I'll uh, be enjoy in your San holidays Diego. and stay safe. Don't party too much. Yeah, I'll be in San Diego next Friday. So I'll have to, um, you know, kind of figure, that out. figure out how to how to get on the radio. But anyway, yep. Thanks for listening, everybody. What's the plan? Monterey.com. We love that you're listening. Please keep sending the emails to paul.wyant at expresspros.com. <laughs> It is my uh, my staffing business's email, but I, I love getting your comments, Christine, all of you guys, Mark, um, and and all the Jared and all the rest. So please keep them coming and uh, have a great. As Dan says, have a great weekend. And Dan, I thought you were you weren't too angry this week. That was nice. I you know it's as we're approaching the new year. It's my New Year's resolution to be kinder. That's nice. Yes, patience. Don't model don't model that angry uh, behavior for your children. You know you're going to bring exactly. Them. Try not to. Except You're a beautiful man, Dan. Let's have a beer. All right. Thank you, buddy. Take care. You too. Bye-bye.